Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show. We are your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of a multi-award winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. While busyness, addictive doing, people pleasing and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick so get ready to heal your body get your spark back deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams let's Let's dive dive in. in hello beautiful people um, today we are, Chris and I are talking to the wonderful Jeannie Savage, who is a phenomenal female entrepreneur. She is the founder and author of The Strategic Bookkeeper and Cloud9 Strategic Bookkeeping. We first met Jeannie back in 2021 when we did a business program together, The Key Person of Influence. Um, and we, as part of the program, we were slotted into small groups of like four or five entrepreneurs as our accountability buddies and Jeannie was in um, our group and from the moment that I met her she just made me smile. She is a firecracker. She is so bursting with enthusiasm about life. She is incredibly successful. She has created some very, very successful businesses and what I also love about Jeannie is that she ferociously protects her own self-care and her health. And so we're going to dive into her story today because she has a pretty phenomenal body burnout story. Um, even way back when she was little, severe allergies, asthma, later on in life when um, her soul was being sucked out of her in a, a marriage that was no longer serving her, she developed a whole heap of other symptoms including fatigue, more allergy responses. Um, And so Chris and I really, she's very gracious in that we really were able to nitpick and dive really deep into why she burnt out. What are the deeper root causes that was going, that was happening that caused her body systems to burn out and also what she did to recover and how she now supports her health and while building some remarkable businesses. Okay, so a bit about Jeannie. So Jeannie is an award-winning strategic bookkeeper, author, certified trainer, and speaker. She's the CEO and brain child behind the strategic bookkeeper, which exists to help bookkeepers build and sustain a thriving practice. She's also the CEO of Cloud9 Strategic and bookkeeping, a bookkeeping service in Australia. She's been in practice for 13 years and she scaled into a lifestyle business after just five years so she could live her dream on her terms and it has been awesome. During her time in practice, she's perfected everything from building a brand, attracting and retaining high value clients, selling succession products, systemizing and building, leading and managing productive teams. Her vision for you is ultimately to help you live your dream on your terms through her book, podcast, bookkeeping service and her mentoring program. So before we dive into today's chat with Jeannie, just want to um, do a little call out for the book, Ending Body Burnout. I've been talking a lot about this book, but, you know, it's kind of been two years in the making, which is the equivalent of almost, hmm, 
three babies. <laughs> so it's a big deal. It's a big deal to put a book out into the world. And I'm hoping that there's been some happy customers or readers, happy readers reading the book. Um, if you have read the book, I would so appreciate you to jump onto Amazon or Book Depository and leave a review that enables more people to find the book. And also check out the show notes because we're running some really fun, sparky, motivating events, um, a book tour events. So holding one in Tassie, Sydney and this year and then next year, 2024, we'll be gallivanting around the country. So if you don't see your city on the book tour page in the show notes, reach out to us. Um, If you'd love us to come, we will pack our bags and come to you to bring you the book and all the gems and all the excitement inside Ending Body Burnout. Oh, and also one other thing, if you have read the book or if you've been following us for a while and you're like, oh, I'd really love to work with these guys, we, our doors to our Ending Body Burnout Method, so that is our signature program, are opened now. So you can jump right in Even if you haven't had an initial consult or testing, you can jump right into the Ending Body Burnout Method and start your healing journey at a root, root cause level. Um, Again, I'll pop that in the show notes. We would so love to see you there. We have two options to do the Ending Body Burnout Method. So one is semi-private, which includes monthly one-on-ones, group coaching, our online portal that takes you through the Ending Body Burnout Method process. And or our VIP private one-on-one option where you get us in your corner one-on-one weekly, sometimes more than once a week, um, which can really help to dive into um, the deepest root cause of your body burnout. And we do a lot of trauma therapy and stuff within that private one-on-one option as well because I feel that that requires more one-on-one support. So check out the show notes and we'll see you inside the Ending Body Burnout Method. But for now, let's switch over to our chat with Jeannie. All right. So welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show. We've got Jeannie Savage with us. Really want to just welcome you to our podcast. Super excited to have you on, Jeannie. Uh, Thank you. Yay. (laughs) I reckon let's let's dive in as we do with all of our guests uh, into your personal story. When did you tell us a little bit more about you and your burnout story? When did you experience burnout? Uh, what was happening in your life at the time? Can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit more about burnout and your experience with it. Yeah, so uh, yes, I'm I'm Jeannie. I am um, a busy multitasking mama <laughs> um, and an entrepreneur. Um, and uh, so yeah, my so I'm 51 now, um, and I've been in. So I'm an entrepreneur, and I've been in business. I feel like since I was one, right? <laughs> um, and so I've been in and around. Um, really busy ventures and I've and I'm really good at um, working under pressure and and all that jazz and in fact I thrive um, under pressure my burnout story is is not one that came from you know any of those times in my life really like I can put my head down I can work 
12, 14, 16 hours a day and be fine. I think my burnout story came at a time when, so gosh, 13 years ago, I had my beautiful little boy. I had um, beautiful 10-year-old twins at the time and my little boy was coming or he came along and I didn't know that he would be uh, special needs <laughs> or as I call him, extraordinary. Um, and so I think the pressure of that as a, as a mum, I threw myself back into work because I think I felt like I was probably personally, I felt like I was failing as a mum. And so I had a bit of postnatal depression, that kind of thing. My husband and I started to feel the pressure of it. And there was a point at which I probably realized um, that my marriage was in the toilet. (laughs) And and wonderful man, we just didn't, we didn't survive the pressures. And it was during that time that I got to burnout. Um, And so I just from the pressure of really everything that I had going on, um, my marriage failing, all those kind of things. Um, I got uh, very unwell, I would say physically, mentally, spiritually (laughs) unwell. I ended up on cortisone and antibiotics. And I would say I definitely went to the brink. And actually, when I finally said to my husband, we need to part ways, Do you know, it was probably more because I thought, if I don't, I may die. Like, I may not survive this. And it sounds dramatic, doesn't it? But I think you both know people who have not made the choice, you know. And my sister was one of them. She dropped out of a heart attack. And I just realized, yeah, I I need to walk away from this or I'm not going to survive it. And it was through that shocking burnout and the cortisol's off the charts and you get you know you gain weight because your body is holding on to all the fat and it's just you know you're the worst of yourself that I realized that my health is my wealth and I went about learning to actually put myself first which is probably my big mission in life is to inspire other women to put themselves first What what specific nice. symptoms were you getting? Like you mentioned antibiotics and cortisone cream or yeah, yeah. so I feel like what wasn't I getting? So um yeah. I, <laughs> all the I, things. Um, yeah, I had to take a handful of painkillers a day, twice a day to take the edge off the head pain. Mm. I spent usually a day a week in so Friday was like the day I was meant to spend with my son. So I spent that day in bed in um shocking just migraine pain while my little boy just ran around the house spending for himself and um so a lot of um migraine pain I had um a lot of I had uh, tremors like shakes kind of all over um so definitely those things again like I was puffing up probably partly from the cortisone partly from long-term stress making your body retain weight so I was I was gaining weight um I was at one point suffering really bad anxiety as well um and I think a lot of it was um that a lot of pain I was experiencing a lot a lot of head pain a lot of body pain and um probably probably really heightened anxiety as well yeah Mm. we always say um, like it's getting to the root cause, root cause of health issues. And there's always body system imbalances and physical stuff going on, but there's so much 
deeper stuff. And I think your story too of, oh, it wasn't actually that I was working a lot and building a business. It was that my soul was dying because I was in this relationship Mm. that wasn't working anymore. And so essentially it sounds like your body was just screaming at you. It's like, hey, I'm actually going to force you to do something here because, yeah, yeah. is that like how you felt? It definitely was. And the other thing I was doing, I should say, so I was doing what so many, I'll just speak for mums, you know, I'm a woman, I'm a mum. So I was doing what most mums do and people were trying to, Medical professionals were trying to make me aware of it, but I didn't, you've got to knock me in the head with a sledgehammer to get me to understand something. And they didn't Mm. do that. What was happening is I thought as a mum, it was my job to put everybody else first, right? So the twins and my son and the universe was talking to me in funny ways. So on my Medicare card, so it was my Medicare card that I added my then husband and his children and my child to, and somehow I ended up last And so the Medicare office and the doctor thought it was hilarious. And they said, can you not see that you literally come last? Like you And when I went to the I know, right? So I thought, and you know, as a mom, if anybody ever says to you, you've really got to put yourself first, you burst out laughing and you think that they're joking, you know? And so I thought that that was ridiculous. There was no way, like my husband definitely came before me. You know, I mean, he was um, the main breadwinner. I was meant to be the mum with the side hustle job, right? Mm. Um, And then I had to take care of the twins and I had to take care of everyone. Um, And I guess eventually what dawned on me is if I was dead, my little boy says, if you are dead, mama, you can't take care of anyone. Mm. And it's morbid. But I am so glad that he gets it, you Mm. know, that he gets put yourself first. Um, And so that's what sent me on that journey. So, yeah, definitely it was putting it was it was thinking that I shouldn't be putting myself first mentally, spiritually or physically. Mm. That's really interesting about the Medicare card. I just whipped mine out to see where I where I ranked. Where were you? (laughs) I'm third. (laughs) You're first. Philly's first. Hey, po- then it goes Poppy, then Elsie's last. <laughs> that's re- And that's really interesting. Mm, maybe mm. it's a pattern there. <laughs> so On the other thing I should say, I was getting, um, I tend to get asthma and that kind of thing. And so as you can imagine, all those things get exacerbated. So there was asthma, there was, but then I think there's all the other things inside that happen like, mm. You know, I think cholesterol, like I've got low blood pressure, so I'm lucky. But my sister's, you know, she was depressed. She was burnt out. She didn't. And she just died of a heart attack, you know. And Gee, when wow. I actually said to everyone, I'm really worried that she's just going to drop dead. And everyone said, Jeannie, you're just overreacting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, this especially you get to a certain age and you're either going to take care of yourself or, you know, you may not be on this planet. So, mm. yeah. yeah. So what would you say then with more wisdom, hindsight, the deepest root cause of your body burnout? So you were saying not putting yourself first, but what, like even deeper than that, I don't, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but what do you feel mm. like was the, the, the machine or the thing that was driving that pattern of behaviour anyway? Honestly, I think think and you're right I haven't thought about it at that level because I always thought it's about putting myself first but definitely the thing that I constantly remember is and 
and I some you know when I read books and things like this on health sometimes it's it's about physical health or it's about mental health and what I like to think and what the root cause is is not neglecting the mental the physical the spiritual health because when I got to that place you know it's like well you're just eating to survive you're not thinking about what you're eating but you also aren't doing anything that is giving you any spiritual well-being right mm -hmm. so for me um latin dancing is where i get my spirit it's where i get my joy connection and belonging it's a lot like um i don't go to a church but i i know what people get from church and i often say latin dancing i feel like it gives me a lot of the things that people get from church the joy the connection the belonging and then there's the mental health and i think um mental health like confidence courage all these things none of this falls ass first out of the sky right <laughs> um it takes number one valuing it all of them number two doing the work that helps you to build and maintain it all um you know and then I think um yeah just then back to putting yourself first and prioritizing these things and I think I've definitely I think at the root cause was um neglecting all those three things because mm. if you just start eating well but you've got you know for example you've got someone who's um you're in a toxic or abusive relationship right or um you know, or you're um, constantly reading self-help books, but you're living on junk food. Like you can't, you mm. need to be valuing yourself overall. And I like to say like there's a, this movement these days that is, you know, go easy on yourself. And I think like what I like to say, and I do drop the F-bomb every now and then, when I say lots of self-love, but big fucking goals, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Was there anything you else that you did to heal from body burnout um I was going to an acupuncturist a lot and she was amazing um and but I felt like Humpty Dumpty at the time you know like she was kind of she was keeping me off the edge like maybe I left the office without tremors um she gave me a bit of release from the cortisols um but I think when my husband and I split and like I say beautiful man and to this day we have the most gorgeous loving relationship I call it a three-way marriage now like <laughs> I love his wife as well right? <laughs> I feel like he takes care of all of us beautiful human being um but um, I think once that ended, I definitely had finished my grieving, whereas he just started. So that was really hard. But because I was in a really good place kind of immediately, I'd grieved for three years. I was so sick. I think it was just starting the um, look I put, which you taught me, Philly, <laughs> is that I do put nutrition at the center of my health. So for me, I tend, I like to say the healthy vessel is where we have the healthy spirit and the healthy brain, you know. So if we, I, I do, look, I'm massive on um, cooking, but you put me onto the holy grail, which is deep nutrition, which is, oh, you, you read have that? changed yeah. and, <laughs> well, you have changed and saved my life. I, I mm. have been sick on and off a lot of my life and I am no longer sick. Thank you to your recommendation mm. of deep nutrition. So cool. Yeah, so amazing. So I think I the first thing I started doing was cooking and then I started going to the gym. And interestingly, with going to the gym, I'm a big believer in environment, like they talk about in Atomic Habits. And so 
going to the gym was the combination of physical and mental and spiritual health. You know, go to another environment, go to the women's workout room, put on some stuff that I like, you know, be in a whole new environment. So I just started slowly. And then I did things like I bought music back into my life and all that kind of thing. And look, I've always been someone who... I believe your health is your wealth. I believe you should invest in your health. So I have always been happy to throw a lot of money at my health. You know, I mean, to this day, I spend thousands and thousands on, you know, my health, whether that's functional medicine, like you're talking about, I'm always engaged in that. Um, chiropractic, massage, all of these things. I mean, I would probably spend 10,000 a year, I think, but I think I'm in better health than anyone else that I know. So yeah. I think I just went about doing all the all the little things, you know. Yep. You definitely don't look like you're 51. So <laughs> Good. there you go. It's paying off. <laughs> paying off. So, you, so it sounds like this experience really changed the way that you were doing life. What about business? Because you are a phenomenal entrepreneur. <laughs> Can you tell us about like a little bit about maybe what you were doing and still are, but also now what you've transitioned into and your big mission, your big purpose? Yeah, yeah. So um, at the time I was uh, with my li my little guy, I was five at the time, he's 13 now when um, my marriage split. But just when he was in my belly, I um, started my own bookkeeping practice. I have a, a background in heavy duty business operations. I helped um, our family grow their business from 10 to 100 million. It was crazy. <laughs> um, I felt like I had a big broom behind How my How old father. were you? <laughs> to this day, he doesn't really know what I did. <laughs> um, I know. He doesn't I respect. Just me like, yeah I just like just keep that sucker afloat I did <laughs> right but it was it was an amazing apprenticeship so then I thought can I I'll ask how on... how old were you when you did that oh my in the family business. so I I worked on and off for him from six probably 15 um but when he picked up the last venture um I came up and fixed things for him at about 24 and then by 20 six I was I was really boots into it and um heavily heavily involved and yeah I remember I was told go fix the distribution center which is the size of a football field or we may close they were at 10 million and I was never given instruction it was just you just made it up hop on your little bike because you need to exercise right we all need to do so hop on the bike ride down there <laughs> from sun up till sundown fix it, whatever's going wrong. And so then I learned to, um, so for example, I would go down, I've got a very high problem solving IQ. So I would work out very quickly what was wrong, prioritize what had to be done immediately, uh, do it, recruit staff, train them, um, systemize and move to the next disaster. So I did that. <laughs> And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I thrived on it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was really fun and really amazing. And I, I definitely just found my own rewards. But when I was having um, a baby, I decided, you know what, bookkeeping, I can narrowly focus on that. So I've been doing that for some years now, but I'm also uh, quite a high-end business strategist. I've, I've helped um, quite a few Australian businesses corner the market and go from strength to strength. It's absolutely a privilege and amazing. Um, 
with a little warning, I don't pull punches if you work with me. (laughs) Um, And um, so I help businesses with anything from basic bookkeeping to the very complicated bookkeeping to end to end business strategy in order to help them with um, profit cash and also time wealth. uh, And to really help them like I was um, just with a client before and um, so really help them corner the Australian market in their industry. Um, and they are doing really well. They're making tons of money. They've been able to buy tons of assets. However, my focus with them, and we talked about the mechanics for about an hour and a half. We came up with a plan. I've been working with them for a few years. But then for me, it's all about reminding them, like the very last thing I asked them to do was I said, I want you to go away. We're towards the end of the year and I want you to re-architecture your life. Mm. You know, this is now is the time to work smarter, not harder. And we and I said, you know, um, it's about, I want you to think about all the things you've forgotten that you want to do. Like what I don't want is the busy workaholic entrepreneurs that get into these habits and can't break them. So I'm all about helping clients to free up the time and to prioritize their health. I'm also the uh, the strategic bookkeeper and all of my bookkeepers aim to be the healthy bookkeeper. Um, and it warms my heart. You know what? They can tell me anything and it's exciting. But when they tell me that they're walking every day now, that's what sets my soul on fire. <laughs> Do you, do you implement that? Like, is it just through conversation or is that part of your, whether it's like through course training or mentorship or it's just kind of like planting the seeds of like, come on, it's not all about money. It's actually because you can't do much if you're dead. (laughs) Correct. So it's massive. It's through everything I do. So on the bookkeeping side where I'm working with entrepreneurs and often I'm working with dads, but absolutely women as well. Um, So it's just by nature on that side, I tend to be working with a lot of men. So our vision is actually optimal business performance, prosperity, and peace of mind. So then we explain the prosperity piece. So prosperity is about being time rich. It's about having the time to prioritize the things that are important to you. And so we literally from the get-go, and then we we have scoring across so scorecards for cash profit but then prosperity and then we periodically rescore them to see where they're sitting Mm -hmm. and so it's a constant conversation and then with the um strategic with the strategic bookkeeper and the bookkeepers and even now like if anyone said what do you do for a living I would say I help busy multitasking parents all over the world live their dream on their terms So that's um, the thing for the bookkeepers and their dream on their terms is prioritizing their health, you know, Mm. Um, and it's time with their family. So I just ask my clients, you know, here's my story. What And my story is their story. Mm. And they're like, but I've been through all that. And I'm like, me too. Mm. So it's really about, um, you know, asking them what's important to you. And you know what they say? They say their health is important. Yeah. Yep. I think until you, if someone hasn't had health issues before, they don't really understand that. It's not until you 
almost lose it (laughs) or it really starts impacting whether it's your parenthood or your marriage or your work and then it's like, oh, my gosh, like health really is the tip of the pyramid in terms of like living a happy and, and thriving life. Yeah, definitely. And so I heard someone once say, write your three top priorities down And I wrote, like me, I'm number one. And then number two was my son. You know, when they're little, that's got to be your priority, right? And then um, number three, I call my empire because my work is my purpose. It sets my soul on fire. I love it. I work because I want to, not because I have to. But when you set that intention, you know, and you say, well, what does it look like to prioritize myself mentally, spiritually, physically? I think it gives you, for me, certainly, I've gone on a journey of learning to say no, of learning to ignore things. Literally, I I remember I had someone reach out once and said, you know, I'm going through a rough time and I was wondering if you could be there for me. And I didn't know this person that well. And I stopped and I asked myself, is it going to feed into one of my priorities? Because we only have a finite time. And I wouldn't have left him hanging, but I just said, do you have someone else? Mm. Because I don't really have room in my life for this. And how many of us just default and say, yes, sure, you know, but I think to set those intentions and then whoever it was that talked about this, they said, do ask yourself every time you do something, is it feeding into one of my priorities? And when I go to dancing, I ask myself, what priority is this feed? Mm. My spiritual health, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Um, and so, because isn't it true that when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something mm. else? Yeah. That's yeah, you, you can't lean into something without leaning away from something else, right? It's, it's true, yeah. So I think, something. yeah, having these canaries in the coal mine, that's what I call it too. Like when I'm busy with my global launch that I just did and it was amazing, but I say to myself, anything you're sacrificing, like as long as it's short term and you can say it's worth it, like I didn't get to go to that amazing dance event I really love because I'm launching a global brand, that's okay. It's okay once, it's okay twice, maybe three times. But then the canary in coal mine is dead Mm -hmm. and you need, you know. So I think having those, because Philly, like you were saying, you know, if, if you haven't had health problems, sometimes I feel fortunate that I have a sensitive body that tells me something's wrong much quicker than other people because I've got a lot of friends that get diverticulitis Mm -hmm. and all these other things and a lot of them don't know that these are often preventable diseases Mm -hmm. which is not what the doctor will tell you it's just you know you got unlucky Um, but this can be things going on inside that you're just not aware of so some people say to me oh you're so sensitive it must be horrible like I don't drink much alcohol and I can't eat colorings and preservatives and I think well no maybe I'm lucky that my body tells me that I can't have those things because your body's not until you're in surgery getting part of your bowel cut out you know (laughs) yes yes I think I've got that type of body too it's a beautiful communication pathway and I'm so grateful and I love you as in my body but I also love you too Jenny yeah yeah (laughs) I no, I think so that's what I've definitely leaned into I'm like no I'm just gonna lean into it my friends are used to bringing food to the house and they go we know you won't eat any of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
cool. That's awesome. You know what I'm really interested in, Jeannie, is you talked a little bit about when you were growing up and your family. What are some significant events or or things that might have happened in your life growing up that you think could could have created this this ethic, this this way of being, this these uh, it's kind of like this pattern, this program, this way of being a problem solver, this this strategic person uh, running these patterns that you've got that, that work for you, but then but then maybe also led you down the path of burnout as well when you were unhealthily or dysfunctionally playing them out or, or running them. What what do you think might have led to that? Is there anything that you can remember growing up that that might be significant? Yeah, look, I think I think there is certain things. I think I can pinpoint certain things. I think um, I I had a I had a rough a rough period growing up, and I think when you look at the patterns of those of us who went through a lot of adversity, and I would say I went through a shit ton of adversity, right? And I was also a really sick kid. I think I died once, right. <laughs> was revived. My asthma, allergies, eczema, all that stuff was, you know, really life-threatening. And so um, you grow out of a fair bit of it, but I was really, really, really sick. And things that came easy to other people, nothing came easy to me. If I wanted something, I had to work for it. I had to work for any form of health I had to um I grew up in the age of convenience food as I'm sure you guys were aware. and <laughs> our parents were like how exciting is this shit is pre-made for us right <laughs> got four kids and um so I grew up with all this toxic food to be honest that was way worse for me because I was reacting to it mm. and so I didn't have health I didn't have beauty I didn't have any of those things I had to work for everything and then I had a lot of adversity um nobody ever put me first that's how I feel like I had to learn I'm on my own mm. <laughs> anything that you know if I'm the only person who's going to take care of me I don't come first you know what I mean and I think so um and I was always I grew up and I became very tough I could take care of myself I could take care of everyone and so that led me to a place where it was natural to never ever ever put myself first to put anyone around me before me and that really I think is the the major thing that led me to putting myself last and ending up in a place where I was so burnt out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in terms of, it also made me relentless though. And lately I've had quite a few people say, you're really smart. And I thought, and I think, oh, when they say it and they relate it to something I'm doing, I think, I don't think what I did there was smart. I think what I did was relentless. Like, I think, <laughs> And I think, when you grow up with a lot of adversity and you kind of go to hell and back, so to speak, um, you you do get very tough. You do, you know, get to a point where um, not much rocks you. And I think there's definitely that. Um, and getting uh, the, yeah, the body burnout was definitely growing up with this idea that 
I didn't also need, I wasn't, imp- I thought I don't, what I need isn't that important because I survived. I've always survived, right? So then I don't really have needs. I can just put everyone else first and I'm going to power through and I'm going to be awesome. So when I fell apart, even with postnatal depression, it was so confusing to me because it shouldn't have been happening, you know? I, I mean, I diagnosed my own postnatal depression like a problem solver. I went to the doctor and said, I think I've got postnatal depression. And he said, I can't believe I missed this. And I was like, yeah, I've just done the sums. And, you know, that seems to kind of be, and it was like, just fix it. Just, you know, yeah. just fix it kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I think it was, it was all those things. And the more, you know, when I did KPI and they ask you to do your origin story, anyone who has a lot of, a lot of adversity does not want to do it. <laughs> Um, and so I think, um, adversity, there's, there's a really, whenever I hear from someone who's been to hell and back, um, I hear the same kind of themes, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. So, but also that's why I valued my health. And I, I think when I was younger, I had to figure out how to get well, right? I had to, I remember when I started eating well and my family was like, why are you eating all this weird food, right? Real food. And so eventually, and I had doctors constantly getting things wrong and sending me to hospital and poking and prodding and nobody could help me. So I think I also got to that place where I went, the only person that should be in control of my health is me, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that really helps as well because it horrifies me and I hear it all the time from people who say, but the doctor said, and I think, oh, no, you know, mm-hmm. they're one person with one particular strain of knowledge. They're doing their best, mm-hmm. but your intuition and your ability to seek out a range of professionals and literally you know, write down your own symptoms and do all of these things is what you've got to do because, yeah, it just, it it horrifies me, yeah. Thanks for that story. That's mm. that's really interesting and, and I think it it, um, it will resonate with a, a lot of our listeners, I think, adversity, uh, this rough period growing up, uh, dying you said you died you nearly died or you did die yeah yeah (laughs) mum had to revive me with the ambulance on the phone and I was always at risk like I couldn't breathe very well (laughs) I was always suffocating and my mum actually in in a way was really good she used to kind of stay really calm and make out like everything was really good so there was no panic so if I couldn't breathe, I didn't know it was something to panic about, you know. And mm. I, when I saw other people with the same kind of asthma as I had panic, I wondered why they were panicking. And now in retrospect, there's a good reason to panic when you can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother would just pretend everything was fine. Um, and I was having needles daily sometimes. I mean, back then the doctors were just trying to figure it out. I don't know how much asthma meds we had because... I was had to blow cotton balls down the hallway for therapy. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so therefore, this literally was life and death stuff for you. It was yeah. if I don't take care of myself, if I don't learn this lesson here, uh, this I, I'm just putting words in your mouth. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but if I don't 
the meaning I'm attaching to this is if no one, if if I don't take care of me, no one else will. Um, I'm all alone here, but uh, so that to me, to me, I understand how you could get that. But then you've also got these, I don't, I don't come first story as well um, that you were talking about. What's I might have, I might have missed that one. But how do you think that that came into it? Yeah, I think because um, with all the adversity that I went through and just kind of realising that mentally, spiritually and physically, I realised that I needed to figure myself out and get myself right, that nobody was going to help me. Um, and so even when it came to my mental health, my confidence, all of these things, I decided, you know, I read the self-help book, self -help books and I decided... I am going to, like I say, confidence and everything doesn't fall us first out of the sky. I decided I'm going to put in the work to build all of these things. But, you know, Brene Brown talks about the armor. I definitely think I armored up and I was one of those, you know, nothing can penetrate me. Like there is nothing I can't do. There is nothing anyone can say to me. They can get a verbal machete out, as I call it, get the verbal machete out. They can, I'm not someone who would go, someone said this or someone said that. I'm just like, I, you cannot penetrate. And so I guess I just, um, I was so, so, so tough, but nobody had ever put me first, right? Um, and then it's a double-edged sword. When you get tough like that and you don't need anything or anyone, nobody offers to help anyway, right? Someone said to me, which bird in the nest gets the help? the one that squawks the loudest. Well, I right. don't squawk and I never did, right? So nobody ever put mm. me first. So it led it led me to believe I had everything that I needed. And then what happened is I would see all these, let's call it the baby birds around me squawking, right? So the husband with the needs, the children with the needs, the friends with the needs that they were depressed, they were struggling, they were physically this, they were just didn't have enough time. I'm busy, I'm tired right? And I thought I'm nothing. I'm like, I'm a rock. I've got it all going on. Nothing penetrates me. Therefore, I need to help everyone else. And I need nothing. And of course, that is completely false and untrue. Mm. And you get to a point. So the postnatal depression, the psychologist actually said, like, I'd gone all my life to that point. And then I had a child and the, the cup just bubbles over. Mm. And then I'm just left thinking, why am I an anxious mess that needs to take Valium to function? And all I want to do is clean windows instead of play with the twins, right? And it's this, that something bubbles over. And so at the time, um, you would, no matter what happened in my life, I didn't cry. So even um, when my sister passed, I only cried after the funeral when all the mourners were dealt with. Mm -hmm. um, and so my psychologist taught me through the postnatal depression, like none of this was good or healthy. I thought it was good and healthy. You know what I mean? This is amazing. This is what I should be like. And she taught me to really, I guess, open up, make room for myself. And to this day, if and when I do cry, which is not incredibly frequently, she taught me to celebrate that as a massive achievement. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. That's interesting. So, Okay, so fasting, fasting forward, fasting forward, fast forward, fast forward. Uh, to <laughs> to uh, your burnout experience. What do you think were your key 
points. If you if someone else was to to take your your experience as a a learning experience, what would you give advice or recommendation to do or to be or to have for, for our listeners who might be going through a similar sort of experience to you? What do you think worked for you that that got you through your burnout experience feeling the way you feel now? Yeah, it's interesting that you say it. I think, number one, you can't avoid your shit. Like you can't bury things and think <laughs> that things will just get um that everything will be fine um but also just now so these days as the strategic bookkeeper so I have um I help women and men I have 90% women and 10% men so all over the world and primarily they're multitasking mamas like me dads as well and I'm actually observing them going through what I went through and I'm watching for what helps them as well and so if I reflect on like myself what I would tell others and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking about what I spoke to I think last week or the week before I think definitely for me when I went to my whiteboard and I wrote those three priorities like I set the intention and I said me first and then my son and then my empire building because that's my purpose that was amazing but then living into that and then I think definitely that but then I think we also what I've noticed with um, the people I'm serving in this beautiful new business that I'm running is um, the value of community as well so um, and how that you know we all need people to support us uh, and I think so we call it the tribe and I think for me I have dancing and I have you know when I wasn't out dancing earlier this year um, I had people constantly reaching out to me asking if, if I'm okay I just reached out to a friend a couple of days ago I haven't seen you at dancing for ages is everything okay are you okay right so when you have a community that you're able to find and connect with like a tribe, I think that's important. And I spoke to a lady the other day and she was in a place of fear and she was in a terrible, terrible place. And I told her, you know, she had one person being pretty horrible to her in business and then she was really scared of other things and other people. And I told her to go and tell them all to F off <laughs> because um, I had her back. And the entire tribe had her back. And I said, all the things that we worked through that you've told me could possibly happen in this place of fear, like if we're in a toxic relationship and we don't leave because of all these fears around this and that, like how are we going to get through the fear? And I definitely have learned lately the value of community. And, you know, when I worked it through with her and said, I've got you back, the whole tribe has got you back, here's what we're going to do if any of this comes to life you know which it won't she had that support um and that network and that community in order to give her the mental support that she needed you know um so I think definitely that I think valuing your health um mm -hmm. as well and listening to people who like Philly, when you said, you know, just, oh, yeah, I read this book and it really changed my life. And I thought, well, if Philly said that, I better grab it. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, like that has completely changed my life. So and I have become really good at listening to people and trusting my gut. Like 
it can be anyone. It can be a really cool old handyman that says something and I think, you know what you're talking about and I'm listening and then getting rid of the noise, you know. So finding people that you value and that your intuition says trust this person and really um, really su surrounding yourself with all these people that can guide you and help you as well as getting rid of the noise as well. Yeah. Mm. That's cool. So don't bury your crap. Attitude. Yeah, don't bury, don't bury. That doesn't work. Your three it highest intentions. Yeah. <laughs> three highest intentions. Oh, the third one. Community. Find your find your tribe. I love it. Yeah, awesome. I do. I'm yeah, I'm seeing it a lot. And what we do is we say we share with open hearts and open minds. So I'm massive Brene Brown fan. I say Brene takes me down and brings me back up again often. Like that's the thing. Sometimes when we are working on our health, mentally, spiritually, and physically, we sometimes have to take a couple of steps back before we, you know, go forward. I absolutely believe that the universe supports us and pushes us back onto the right path. I see it now more than ever. Mm. Um, and I think I believe in all, I would consider myself a very spiritual person. Um, and I believe, and I see evidence for that now more than ever. Mm. Yeah. I love it. So good. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights and your learnings. I know heaps of people are going to get so much out of this conversation. And if anyone wants to find you, so whether they're looking for a strategic bookkeeper or they're a bookkeeper <laughs> and want to be mentored and coached by you, how can how can people find out more about you? Yeah, so look, my, my joke is Google me. So um, if you Google Jeannie Savage and my name, um, I'm sure uh, Philly and Chris will drop it in the show notes. Yep. Um, otherwise, you can find me at my bookkeeping practice, which is Cloud9 Strategic. Um, if you Google, yeah, Google my name, you'll find me, ask Chrissy and Phil, if you vibe with me and you want to find out if I can help you with anything, I will be launching the Healthy Bookkeeper, which is just a passion project to um, support uh, women primarily to put themselves first and, and really just empowering everyone around mental, spiritual, physical health and, and pairing up with people like you guys. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think just Google me, keep in touch with me, connect with me. I love social media. I love Facebook. Feel free to shoot me a message. Yeah. I like seeing your Latin, your Latin photos always Latin. pop up in my feed. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yeah, I, I want to, I want to join Latin. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> so good. Thanks, Jeannie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our Ending Body Burnout Assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one -on -one Ending Body Burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have, Have the, the best, best day, day ever. ever.